Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Every now and then I'll take a criticism, and listen, I think some criticism is usually fair because you want to listen to what feedback is, and it's important to have a perception of how people experience you. And one of the criticisms I'll sometimes get is, you know, BA, you have repeated yourself on a particular point a few times. And I think when it comes to important pieces of information, repeating those points is probably an appropriate thing to do because, as I somewhat sarcastically say, leaders are repeaters. Messages repeated often have a tendency to be absorbed more easily. And one of the things that you heard me repeat a lot during the offseason, or, or I should say during the offseason, but also in the season, kind of leading up to what ultimately eventually uh, resulted in the Georgia National Championship in 2021 is that the idea that college football had become basically a glorified version of seven on seven on seven and it was just offense and it was just how many points you could score and the only thing that mattered was quarterbacks throwing to wide receivers and anything else beyond that was sort of secondary status in comparison to what mattered most which is how many points you hung on the scoreboard we said over and over again that that was just an incorrect read of what was happening with the sport and Guys like Nick Saban were talking about this very frequently. We would play that audio for you of Nick Saban saying, oh, yeah, you know, you're not going to win anything by playing defense and running the football. He essentially said that several times over the course of the last couple of years. And what we said was Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. You can't take away the level of success that he's enjoyed. But that is a misread of the situation, that there may be some changes taking place in college football. And Nick Saban's ability to, to, to move with the times may be a part of his overall success story, but he has exaggerated the nature of how much college football has changed. And last year's national championship, we believe, is proof of that because Georgia, over the course of the time of Kirby Smart as head coach, defensive-minded head coach, you know, last year we saw them win the national championship in part because Kirby's also been undergoing his own offensive evolution as a head coach, but also in part because Kirby Smart continued to value the other phase of the game. You do have to have a good offensive line. You do have to be able to run the football, and it helps to be able to play great defense. And if you've got a great defense, that is still just as valuable as a great offense. And yes, a great defense can stop a great offense on occasion. Georgia clearly did when it mattered in the national championship game a year ago that the sport had not changed as much as some people suggested that it did. And now, as we move into the 2022 season, maybe another data point here that suggests just how right Kirby Smart was then. And all of a sudden now, you may see some of Georgia's chief competitors for national championships and playoff spots and things like that actually trying to alter their approach to be a little bit more like UGA. And isn't it ironic that one of the schools in particular that we're going to point out here for a moment that's doing this is one of the ones that sometimes some Georgia fans say, oh, why can't Georgia be more like this team? The team that I'm mentioning in particular here is Ohio State. A lot of Georgia fans would see Ohio State scoring about 45 points a game a year ago and kind of 40-plus points per game over the course of the last few years, and they'd point to Ohio State and say, that's what Georgia needs to be more like. You're never going to win playing the way that you're playing. You need to be more like Ohio State. Kirby Smart, to his credit, as good leaders do, he wasn't moved off his principles just because the masses were kind of calling for something else, and Smart was proven right by the results of last season. And all of a sudden now, I think maybe in the true definition of irony, after all those Georgia fans were kind of pushing Georgia to change to be more like Ohio State, we have evidence to suggest that Ohio State is 
pushing to change to be more like Georgia. And we told you this last week. One of the reasons we liked Notre Dame against Ohio State in week one as kind of a 17-point underdog, we liked them to cover the spread, is because it was the first game for Ohio State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, hired away from Oklahoma State. And we thought Ohio State wanted to have a good game for him defensively in his first outing and would probably coach in such a way to kind of benefit the defense here. Notre Dame also wanted to kind of try to play to keep it close. It all kind of worked out. The game essentially played out exactly as we thought it would. And one of the things that Pete Thamel from ESPN.com kind of pointed out in a recent story was all the times in which Ohio State kind of punted in that game. There's never been a game, according to Thamel, that Ohio State under Ryan Day punted as much while losing as it did against Notre Dame this was a more conservative game plan offensively for Ohio State they only had one play in excess of 25 yards in the game all of that seemingly benefiting the new Buckeyes defense led by Jim Knowles now in the midst of this story you can read it for yourself at ESPN.com and I'll put a link to the story when I post our podcast today at the worldfamousdognation.com but in the link to that story Thamel kind of goes into more detail about the evolution from a philosophical standpoint that's taking place at Ohio State and it's pretty clear based on Thamel's words here having spent time with Ryan Day that they want to be more like Georgia let me read this to you here and then we'll kind of lead into what that means for the dogs here but this is Pete Thamel from ESPN.com having spent time with Ryan Day as now Ohio State tries to do a little bit of what Georgia did a year ago let me read this to you so here's Pete Thamel who says, with a more sophisticated scheme on defense, that's the Buckeyes, thanks to new coordinator Jim Knowles, there's a comfort and perhaps an eagerness, Thamel says, to play a more conventional brand of football and grind out wins. That's what Ohio State wants to do now. Uh, Thamel goes on to say, Ohio State led the nation in scoring last season at 45.7 points per game. And while Day's affinity for the passing game certainly isn't going to be shelved for the wing tee, there's now some diversity and how Ohio State can win games. So all of a sudden, you have to be able to play on both sides of the ball. Pretty interesting. Pete Thamel goes on to say, for Ohio State to compete with the other members of college football's clear-cut big three right now, that's number one Alabama, number two Georgia, Thamel says just purely being able to outrace, outscore, and outtalent those teams isn't the most sound path to victory. That's Pete Thamel from ESPN. You can read that at ESPN.com right now. Now, isn't that interesting? We were told all year last year, ah, oh, Georgia's never going to win a national championship without a great offense. When what was actually true is, is that Ohio State proved you can't make the playoff without a great defense because they were basically you know outside the top 50 in most defensive categories a year ago and here we are a year later georgia with balance on both sides of the ball alabama who also had a degree of balance itself on both sides of the ball they were the ones playing for the national championship ohio state was watching it on tv and as a result of that ryan day spins big hires a defensive coordinator and all of a sudden now ohio state wants to play as thamel says right there to espn.com kind of a complimentary brand of football i find that to be pretty interesting and when you watch georgia on saturday keep this in mind for all the excitement and interest that was kind of built around Georgia's 49 point offensive outburst against Oregon and listen we were entertained by that there as well and we'll talk more about the Georgia offense on today's show I think one of the bigger messages that Georgia might have sent was the fact that even without the five first round picks who kind of helped lead Georgia defensively without N'Kobe Dean who probably should have been a sixth first round pick off that defense even without those guys, Georgia still only yielded three points to the Ducks. And that's still a message to the rest of college football. As Ohio State hires a coordinator trying to get better, as Alabama leans on individual talents like Will Anderson Jr., that the Georgia defense isn't going to regress just because you want it to. Now, all that said, 
That doesn't necessarily mean that Georgia was perfect defensively this past Saturday. And as you look ahead to Sanford, an overmatched opponent this weekend, it is a little bit more of an opportunity to kind of figure out, okay, well, what is Georgia bringing to the table? I mentioned the fact that you don't have N'Kobe Dean anymore. You also don't have Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, great linebackers from a year ago that helped propel that best-in-the-nation defense. But what about the linebackers who are here now? What about a smile Munden? What about some of those guys? Kirby Smart was very candid in sort of discussing uh, them on Monday about what he did see from this new look linebacking core as Georgia tries to hold on to and retain the defensive status that made it elite last season. Here's a very colorful evaluation from Kirby Smart of his linebackers. Well, I think those guys had some uh, WTFs, and they, they have to improve on those. They can't have those in order to be elite players, but they played with confidence, and we call it you know, being loud and wrong is better than quiet and right. And they, they, they had some moments they were loud and wrong, but they were confident in what they called. Um, and it was, you know, it, it, when you go with a team that plays some tempo and some hurry up, it creates a little chaos. And I thought the, those guys uh, managed that well. They managed the leadership, leadership position well. Physically, there's things we can improve on in terms of toughness, tackling. Uh, all the guys can. I mean, we didn't, we didn't tackle the man with the ball real well. Now, people hear Kirby Smart talking about WTF moments for his linebackers, and you're left to wonder maybe what that is. It's a very complicated football phrase. What WTF stands for is winning through fundamentals. And frankly, I don't know why you think it would stand for anything else, but that's what Smart's referencing when he says WTF. He wants to see his players win through fundamentals. He wants good fundamentals from those linebackers there in that spot. But in in all seriousness, I do like what he says there at the end of, Hey, when you're trying to get younger guys involved here, just do something at full speed. Do it aggressively. Do it loudly. Do it. Do it. You know, at at full speed, and we'll live with the consequences. But go out there and play. You know, play instinctively. You know, you know, use the athleticism that made your elite recruit to go out there and try to do something. And if it's a mistake, we'll clean it up. But go out there and play with that aggressive edge that kind of Georgia's famous for. And I think it's a good evaluation of Smart going back to Monday, even if a little colorful there. And then on Tuesday, you also talk a little bit more about the evaluation of, okay, so linebacker play, you're breaking in some new guys. That's a little bit of a work in progress. How about the rush defense there as well? And Smart was asked, based on what you saw from your team against Oregon, can you make any kind of evaluation of your rush defense whatsoever? And Smart says, uh, actually, there's something else that probably gives me a better evaluation of what those guys are doing up front right now. Once again, more candid assessment of Smart about the current state of his defense. Not as much as I learn every day in practice. You know, we go against a really physical offensive line, and when we have um, really physical run periods uh, that are scripted to be that way during camp and now, I think I learn a lot more then than maybe I do in games. Uh, every game's different, you know, how the team, how our team's going to attack us. And, uh, and somebody eventually is going to, that's, they're going to try to pry on that and we're going to have to be able to stand up against it. But, you know, I don't know. We, we, we do have not as big as we were last year up front, but we still have big players considering you look at other teams, it's just hard to find enough big guys on the defensive line. And we, we still have, you know, four or five, 300 pounders. But uh, it's something we've actually harped on this week is how do we play the run better and how we run the ball better because I still don't think we're at our best there. So let's sum this up. Last year proved that defense still matters. And, yes, you want to have a great offense, 
But you also want to be great on the other side of the ball, too. Georgia's national championship was propelled because of its best in the nation defense. That's so true that even a team like Ohio State that's got the kind of offense that most programs would dream of, now they want to be a little bit more like Georgia, PeteDamleySPN.com, laying that out in full detail at a story this week. But Georgia also wants to be a little more like Georgia, too. Linebackers right now, work in progress. Defensive line stopping the run, according to Smart, that's also a little bit of a work in progress there as well. 2021 proves that defense still matters, and the race is on to find out who can have the best defense in the country here for this upcoming season. And once again, Georgia, although it's some new faces in some different places, Georgia is still very much a part of that competition. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Kroger, and we are glad to have you with us. No matter how you get to us, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 963F, and as a podcast, we'll get more to that in a moment. First, though, let me just thank our friends at Kroger for being a big part of what we do here on the program each and every week. We love Kroger, and we love a special thing that Kroger does. It's called Kroger Chef Junior. It's a great event a couple of times each month where kids are invited to come to a Kroger near them and participate in a guided cooking experience. We always believe that, hey, it's going to be easier to get kids to he- he- eat and uh, enjoy good, healthy foods if they're part of the preparation process and that. And Kroger Chef Jr. teaches them how to do that. So here this month, you've got one coming up on Saturday and then another uh, Kroger Chef Jr. experience coming up on September 24th at select Kroger locations. And this month, making lettuce wraps. How good is that? It sounds awesome, right? Well, each Kroger Chef Jr., it's a 30-minute class. You're going to get an apron and patch, a chef's hat, a recipe card, uh, and a box to put the recipe in, and also a whisk there as well. Who wouldn't want a whisk? Well, you get one of those via Kroger through Kroger Chef Jr. too. It's just $7 per child, making lettuce wraps, taking home some kind of cool gifts there as well. So go to KrogerChefJr.com for more. And that's the word junior spelled out, J-U-N-I-O-R. KrogerChefJr.com. And I want to send a quick message here there as well. You know, when it comes to Dog Nation, you kind of only see me. Um, and you hear from our guys like Connor Riley and Mike Griffith and Jeff Sintel. You hear me talk about Michael Carvel, our producer. If you come to one of our live events, you'll see BJ Sweeney, who's always working so hard to make sure those events uh, go off the way they do, including our dognation.com this past weekend. Uh, BJ works tirelessly on that. Some of you who show up at, at an event like that see him. But beyond that, you know, there's also a lot of other people who help Dog Nation be what it is. And some of those folks are names you don't hear me talk about probably as much as I should, nor do you ever get a chance to meet those personally. Well, one of those, uh, a, a great, great friend of ours named Nicole Harvey. Nicole's been working with us at our company here, and she celebrates her 20th anniversary with our company here today. So we are big fans of Nicole. She works really hard. She's one of those folks kind of helps us with Kroger and kind of our kind of a liaison with our friends at Kroger and a lot of other uh, you know sponsors that you see on our show here on a regular basis. Uh, good friend of mine. She's a great sports fan, big Braves fan here locally. So Nicole is a big part of what we do here at Dog Nation, even though you don't hear me mention her name very much. And today she celebrates 20 years with our company. So I wanted to send a special message to Nicole about uh, how happy we are for that and how proud we are have and how, how proud we've been to work with her throughout many of these years and how much we're looking forward to another great 20 years as the future rolls on. So, Nicole, congratulations to you on two outstanding decades and best of luck for another uh, couple of decades to go there on that there as well. All right, so that's great stuff. Here's what's not so great. Yesterday on the Apple Podcast Player, uh show didn't show up again, and it was there on Wednesday, and it was not there yesterday, and 
to say that I am frustrated about this or even beyond the point of frustrated, I, I, I just don't even know what to say. Uh, other than we are working on it very tirelessly behind the scenes. Many of you have reached out to say, BA, I've switched over to Spotify or BA, I'm doing something a little bit different. I appreciate all of that. My biggest fear in all this, though, and I'm going to say like this for 15 seconds, we're going to move on. My biggest fear is there are thousands of people who listen on uh, Apple who just don't know what's going on and we're trying our best to get the message to them. So, you know, sincerely, you can help us if you know somebody who listens to the show, just reach out and tell them what's going on. Tell them we're working on it because, you know, we're just not able to connect with those people as easily because their connection to us is through the Apple podcast player. When that goes away in our in their minds, it's almost like we have gone away. So let them know that's what's going on and we'll do our best to get back up and running uh, as quickly as possible. I've got a lot of folks working on this behind the scenes, but um, but it's just not fixed for right now. So that is the story on all of that. But we soldier on. We got a big show. It's Jeff Sintel coming up. We're going to talk a lot of recruiting with Jeff Sintel. Before that, though, I'm going to go around the doghouse. And it's presented by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services of Georgia here today. And I talked defense off the top of the program. I want to look in the offense here for a moment. And in particular, a guy who had really a great game for Georgia on Saturday was wide receiver Lad McConkey. Now, McConkey had a good year a year ago. It kind of thought to be a little bit of a, I think you would call that a breakout year, right? Uh, you know, kind of broke onto the scene, became a very trusted target for Georgia. And I think after the game on Saturday, most people would say, well, now there's an even greater horizon for him in the upcoming season. What he did last year may only be a precursor to what he's able to do this year. So Smart on Monday was asked, okay, so what's different about Ladd McConkey? He seems even better than he was a year ago when he was actually pretty good. What have you noticed about him that makes him different here right now? And Kirby Smart gave you some thoughts on that going back to Monday. It helps tremendously. We have some other guys that can help in the similar ways he does. They just got to get caught up to speed and get healthy and uh, learn what to do. But he's he's certainly a, a valuable asset. I think the biggest thing with Lad is not overuse. Um, he can he can run himself into the ground because he'll he'll go as hard as he possibly can every day, and that's not a bad thing. But it can be a bad thing. So we just got to make sure we monitor him. So that's actually the other clip I was going to play from McConkey. Let me kind of talk about that for a moment. Actually, let me just hear the other clip and then I'll talk about the other one. So let's hear Kirby Smart on uh, McConkey going back to Monday. Probably confidence. Lad's always been a good player. Um, that's not something new. He's always been an extremely hard worker. He's dependable. He's conscientious. It's important to him. He gives you everything he's got every day. And uh, the, the biggest difference is, you know, he has confidence in himself to perform because he performed on big stages last year. And when you're one of these guys that has confidence, talent, and you work really hard, then the sky's the limit for you. And he's, he's worked really hard each and every, every day. And he knows the things he's still got to work on, and he's got a lot of those things too. If you watch McConkey on Saturday against Oregon, I think you'd agree with Smart that he did show some confidence. It was confidence – that would suggest that McConkey's kind of gone from being a good story to now he's a good player. And we see that transition occur from time to time. At one point in time, McConkey, you know, lightly recruited player, the kind of guy that wasn't really on anybody's radar, and he earns that scholarship to Georgia, and everybody sort of feels good about that. And there's a tendency to want to treat a guy like that like he's Rudy Rudiger. You know, we say that from time to time in the old, you know, Notre Dame movie. That, that, that That's George's version of Rudy, this smaller than you would expect to be type guy, having the success or the chance to even earn a scholarship is its own success story. And that's kind of a good story. But McConkey is now, I think, a good player. And I think he's a really potent part of the Georgia offense. And the other clip that you heard a moment ago, Smart kind of talked about the the versatility that McConkey brings the table to. And 
The other thing that Smart mentions in that clip is, well, he's not the only guy that has the potential to do this for our offense here this year. I think that's a pretty important point. You know, on Saturday, when Georgia really needed to move the football, McConkey was a very trusted target to be able to get that done. And on the base of what you saw against the Ducks, I think you might be left to conclude, well, maybe McConkey's just that guy for Georgia here this season. And Smart, in the clip that you heard first a moment ago, would suggest, no, nah, maybe it's not just McConkey who can do this. We feel like a lot of guys might be able to do that. Certainly A.D. Mitchell, another guy that had some nice moments against uh, Oregon, but also tight ends as well. This past Saturday was a little bit more about running backs and wide receivers than it was the tight ends, but who knows how that evolves going forward. In fact, that's one of the things that makes the Samford game interesting for me, and I'm going to admit, work hard to try to sell this here a little bit because it's obviously a step down in competition compared to a top 25 ranked Ducks team last Saturday, but this is the basic theory I operate on that most of us would say, well, Georgia can do whatever it wants against Samford. Most of us would say that. So if that's true, if Georgia can do whatever it wants, then what it chooses to do on Saturday is what it wants to do. Does that make sense? That if it can do whatever it wants, then whatever it does is what it wants to do, which means that Georgia during the game against the Bulldogs, the other Bulldogs on Saturday, might be giving you a little bit of a tip about what they want to be here this year. Last Saturday against Oregon, Stetson Bennett involved a ton of pass-catching targets. Tight ends got some, running backs got a lot, wide receivers are involved too. Does Georgia want to spread the wealth that much for the entirety of the season? Well, if that's what they do against Sanford, then that's at least an indication that's kind of the way that we want to see themselves. And I've told you before that I really believe that Georgia's best pass-catching target is the guy that led them in receiving a year ago. That's Brock Bowers. I'm very curious to see when you th- start thinking ahead to uh, – Sanford on Saturday does Bowers kind of have the big statistical day that gets him on pace for the kind of season that I believe that he can have and if he doesn't I'm not saying that's an indictment of him and frankly I don't care if my opinion's right or wrong I, I, I don't care about that but it does I think mean for us after two games that if Georgia is spreading the well if it's getting the wide receivers more involved if it continues to throw the ball to these running backs out of the backfield then I think we're left to conclude, well, that just must be what Georgia wants to be here this year. Now, when it ultimately matters, when a game is close, I still think Brock Bowers is Georgia's most valuable target. But maybe Georgia doesn't want to feed one guy in excess in comparison to everybody else. Maybe Georgia this year really wants to get a lot of guys involved. And Ladd McConkey showed you on Saturday that for now, he definitely deserves to be one of those guys. That is around the doghouse, and it's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And this is the time of year when a lot of you are thinking about real estate. You're thinking about the home you want to buy, the house you need to sell, or the commercial property that maybe you want to you know, think about getting for that business to take it to the next level. Or one of the hot topics right now is investing and what you can do to be a part of the investment market here in our state, which has been so red hot from a real estate standpoint, your chance to kind of, you know, buy and hold and get that real estate property and uh, make some money on rental income. That's a, that's a big thing right now. And our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services can help you with all of that, whatever your real estate needs might be, whether it's your personal use, your business use, whatever else, that's what Berkshire Hathaway Home Services is all about because they have resources spread all across our state. I'm talking about 1,500 associates in 29 different audience, uh, 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 I should say offices across the state of Georgia, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services is there for you for your buying needs, your selling needs, your investing needs, your commercial needs. They're for you on all of that. They believe the best time for new beginnings is right now. So whatever your new beginnings are when it comes to real estate, trust my friends at 
Berkshire Hathaway Home Services here in Georgia. You can find them online at bhhsgeorgia.com. That's bhhsgeorgia.com. Great to have them as part of Around the Doghouse here today on Dog Nation Daily. It's also great to have all of you here, too. And great to have our recruiting insider, Jeff Sintel. Big day on tap tomorrow in Athens. Elite recruits expected to be visiting. Let's find out more about that right now as we go on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. All right, Jeff Sintel, home opener tomorrow. A lot of folks on the road heading towards Athens for that. So a good time for us to go on the road, presented by AAA here today. And it is one of those chances that Georgia gets to have some visitors on campus, in the stands, but also kind of down there in the field and rubbing elbows, the kind of thing you really can't do for a neutral side game like the one that Georgia played last Saturday. So I have been tipped off here a little bit from just some brief conversations we've had that the list is long and distinguished there for the dogs. What can you tell us about who's expected to be in Athens tomorrow with Georgia between the hedges for the first time in 2022? Yeah, Brandon, doesn't that sound good for you to say that a little bit on a uh, Friday morning? Uh, It sure sounds good to me. Uh, First of all, good morning to everybody out there. And let me start start uh, start this episode with a question. Would you rather have a five-star in the 2024 class or would you rather have a five-star in the 2023 class there in Athens on Saturday uh as the uh, meme says why not both yeah you're getting both uh IMG sending the squad of guys up there I believe uh Samuel Mpemba will be up there in Athens this weekend uh Gabe Harris is uh recent uh transfer down there from Valdosta who's really turned a lot of heads branded at IMG really quickly um he's expected in town and then the 2025 five 2024 five-star, I guess that's what people want to know, especially that safety position. Can you imagine uh, a future Georgia secondary that would have guys like Janelle Aguero, Malachi Starks, and then uh, K.J. Uh, Bolden, uh, Khalil Bolden out of uh, Buford High School? Um, that is a very intriguing possibility. He will be there. King Joseph Edwards will be there. I mean, those are just kind of some of the luminaries, Brandon. Got to call those stars luminaries that will be there in the house on Saturday. All right, that's a lot to process. I think that's really interesting. K.J. Bolden, I want to focus on him for a moment because the story here is, you know, he's at a Buford program that has not always been kind to UGA. The sense that I've gotten is, and we had obviously uh, Buford on uh, Petrie TV last Friday night in a win against North Cobb, but the sense that I've gotten is is that Georgia's chance to really win with Buford players in 2024 is probably better than it's been and a lot of the classes prior to that. And Bolden could be a very big name there. You know, it seems like, you know, people make the comparison between Caleb Downs, or maybe in some respects even make the comparisons to Travis Hunter, which in this state is very rare air, just given how good of a senior year and career that Hunter put together while he was at Collins Hill. So I guess I'll ask you that two-part question here really quickly with Bolden expected to be in Athens tomorrow. Do you think that he's that level of prospect the way that a Downs is now and the way that Hunter was in the cycle prior? And do you think that Georgia's chances with a guy like Bolden or some of these other 2024 names for the Wolves of of Buford, do you think they are better than sort of previous Buford players have proven to be? Uh, Let me take the second one on first in A-gap. Yeah, I think it's a lot better, Brandon. And There could be even some sort of that uh, package deal trickeration going on there as well because um, there's three, Brandon. Folks need to know these, know this. And as soon as everybody out there starts calling for it on edges, uh, we'll start putting together a top 24 top targets list. We usually do that in around November, December for the next cycle. 
Um, but there's three names. There's King Joseph Edwards. Uh, some people think he's a tight end. Some people think he's a defensive end. There's Edric Houston, um, who's not going to be there this weekend. I believe he's going to be in Clemson this weekend. But uh, he told me that he's going to be at the Georgia game next weekend. And you probably got to like the way this young man thinks, Brendan, because you and I both know the Georgia game next weekend is in South Carolina. That's right. But um, Mr. Houston is calling that the Georgia game, which I thought was pretty interesting. And, you know, your first thing, Brandon, I've got to strap up to take that one on. You're talking about Caleb Downs. You're talking about Travis Hunter and uh, K.J. Bolden. I mean, these are all top ten prospects. Uh, Caleb is probably the best high school safety prospect I've ever seen in terms of being college ready, like ready to contribute right now in college while he's in high school. Um, Some apologies there to Kyle Hamilton because I know that's pretty close, but uh, I think Caleb is just that advanced. He's shown that so far in the 2022 season. Um, With all that, I mean, Bolden's a guy, man, he's very interesting. Like, he's a smart recruit, very, very, very engaging, very thoughtful. Like, for instance, Brandon, he was up there at uh, Ohio State this past weekend, and you're going to have to see the story on dognation.com to see what actually uh, he told the Georgia coaches while he was up there in uh, Columbus. But uh, he looked at the, you know, because the Brandon, the thing there, you bring up the Travis Hunter comparison because he's got legitimate two-way skills. I don't know if everybody remembers the Langston Hughes-Buford uh, state championship game last year that was a classic Georgia high school football game. Um, KJ makes a pretty big play on the third down. Uh, extends the drive, Buford go, goes on and catches in a score, and that turns up to be uh, probably the difference in the game. But he's in Ohio State, and he's having the conversation with the Ohio State staff, and he's like, dude, um, I'm a player, I'm a competitor, but I don't think I need to get involved in your wide receiver room right now. So I don't. if I come here, he told them, if I choose to come here, then it, it will be as a safety, not as a, not as a wide receiver. Now, most of the country is recruiting him as both because he can play both. Um, you know, this is a young man. He's got like 10, seven speed in the 40. He's going to have Malachi starts athleticism, Brandon. And I, I surely think Georgia is right in the middle of his recruitment for sure. And then, you know, from a sort of logistics perspective here for a moment, you know, our friend Ella Dorsey from CBS 46.com has reported the weather has a very good chance of not being good in Athens tomorrow. Um, and, and maybe in years past, a situation like that might result in a kind of washout that would cause recruits to stay home. Obviously, in the last couple of years, Georgia's greatly upgraded its recruiting facility, its lounge to host these recruits on games like this. So, Jeff, does the presence of you know the West End Zone facility and the recruiting lounge that's housed in there that's now a couple of years old, does that make it a little bit easier to convince guys, even if it's going to rain on Saturday, hey, still come here, you can stay indoors if you need to, but we're going to show you a good time even if it's raining? Is that kind of a situation where we see that facility maybe paying some good dividends for Georgia on a day like what tomorrow maybe expects to be? Yeah, I think so, Brandon, because they can hang out there for a number of hours now. There's a lot of food. It's very posh. Uh, the coaches can circulate. They can see the dog walk. Uh, I mean, Brandon, don't give, don't be giving those McGill Society and those Silver Circle, Circle folks any ideas. They might create an indoor bubble inside Sanford Stadium for recruits to sit there and watch the game uh, somewhere in the West End Zone. But um, I think I think everybody wants to get to Georgia. They want to see Georgia. Reminder, Brandon, nobody's visited the Georgia Bulldog staff or campus or facilities in about six, seven weeks. So everybody's got that itch to get back to Athens town. I know with KJ Bolden and King Joseph Edwards, they've been they basically got their whole entire season's worth of visits scheduled out eighty five, ninety five percent every weekend for the most part. 
Uh, I think they want to get to Georgia. I think they want to see Georgia again, start comparing, start compiling. Um, and again, Brandon, it's, it's, it's not only just the expected uh, major triumph against Sanford, but it's a Saturday night in Athens. It's a Saturday morning in Athens. It's seeing the crowd. It's seeing the pomp and circumstances of the day. Um, and I think there's a lot more to it than just getting wet for a couple of hours watching Georgia play Sanford. So one of the things that we saw in the aftermath of the game against Oregon was a pretty aggressive, and Smart's always recruiting, obviously, but he was very aggressive about you know, looking at the post-game press conference and saying, hey, why wouldn't you want to play in this offense? And obviously the show that Georgia put on, I think, was just kind of commonly perceived to be a good message to future recruits. You had an interesting piece up at dognation.com where you actually asked recruits what they thought about the game. And one of the guys I know that remarked to you was, you know, 2024 quarterback uh, Jaden Davis who said he was loving every minute of it. And other guys kind of weighed in on that there as well. What was your perception of how recruits experienced a dominant Georgia win, we've seen that before, but one that was really in a lot of ways led by an explosive offense. How do you think recruits are reacting to this right now? Well, Brennan, it's interesting. I, I know a lot of Georgia fans, and a lot of Georgia fans speak their minds kind of freely with me. And they they were always wondering, Brandon, what Kirby Smart would be like, um, perhaps, I'm going to speak your language here, holding the championship belt around his waist. And for me, I thought that was a shifting of gears a little bit for Georgia. And the one thing we must say here, for the record here with Kirby Smart, is he is very much his ear to the ground on the recruiting trail. Um, I think about the misses of guys like Mason Smith and Corey Foreman. And Georgia changed its approach on the field in 2021, even with that generational defense. And then they brought, um, then they brought in guys like Mikel Williams, Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Miller, Barry Alexander in the 2022 recruiting cycle. That was a great audible. That was a great, hey, we got to change things up if we still want to be elite, elite at recruiting. So that's what they did on that, on that surface. And then what they're doing here, Brandon, in that press conference where he was giving a shout-out to uh, recruits everywhere because they heard it, man. They heard it last year from receivers, from quarterbacks. I think there's some hangover from the 2023 trail when guys are choosing other programs because they think they could come to a, go to another school as opposed to Georgia and get that NFL development and put that ball in the air. You know, one of the things I thought was really intriguing is I heard so many recruits tell me the word explosive, aggressive. Uh, one, of, one, of the, one of the prospects I talked to that's really high up on Georgia's list said he, 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 it was amazing how Georgia can get the ball out in so many ways. And that was something where I was just like, is this the year 2022 or recruits? And the year of our Lord, 2022, where recruits feeling this way about the Georgia offense, Brandon, I think the whole season is going to be a calling card to changing that perception successfully about what Georgia can and cannot be on the offensive side of the ball. Georgia fans say from your lips to God's ears, we'll see if it does indeed play out that way. Of course, we're on the road. It's just about AAA here with Jeff Sintel today on Dog Nation. And listen, we talked to you about AAA, but a lot of things, but as I say all the time, we also trust AAA when it comes to our legendary roads. Their legendary roadside assistance there as well. And honestly, compels me to admit that my uh, household had to make a AAA call again this week. I don't want to, you know, put the person out there, but someone who lives in my house who happens to have the same last name I do may or may not have run a gas this week. 
a triple a call was was had to be made because of that but when you call triple a you can call them for a lot more than just that roadside assistance or whatever might be going on with you there i want you to think about when it comes to their insurance products there as well in particular their home insurance because when you when you get your home insurance through triple a you can qualify what's known as claim forgiveness this is a really cool program and a great benefit to you for getting your home insurance through triple a with claim and forgiveness you can get your first claim forgiven when you're insured in claim three with insurance through AAA for five years. So that's a big deal and a great way the AAA wants to take care of you. So if you go to AAA.com slash home insurance, that's AAA.com slash home insurance, or give them a call 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075. They'll take good care of you on all of that. Jeff, we'll finish with this for today. Obviously, tomorrow is a day when we think that a lot of former elite recruits, guys that you would have covered in previous years, might have a chance to do some big things for Georgia, introduce themselves more fully to the to us. We saw some young players play well against Oregon, but there could be room for even more of that against Sanford on Saturday. So who would you highlight here and say, hey, keep your eye on this guy, young guys who maybe have a chance to really flex against the other FCS Bulldogs on Saturday? Goodness, Brandon, how long is your program? How long is your program? That's going to take, it's going to take me a minute to roll through all this. Um, I'm going to say Marvin Jones Jr. I'm going to say Oscar Delph. I'm going to say Christian Miller. I'm going to say Big Bear Alexander. I'm going to say Xavier Sori Jr. Man, Brandon, I tell you what, I, everybody go back and watch that film. It's going to be hard to find more Bulldogs throughout history with the closing speed that Xavier Sori has from his frame at about six foot four, six foot three, and about 220 pounds. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of the young corners. That's Dalen Everett. That's Jaheim Singletary. That's Julian Humphrey. You're going to see a load of guys. You're going to see receivers that Alan Morris said. I believe C.J. Smith is going to be ready to go this week. Dylan Bell. I think Ransom Robinson. Brandon, if, if you can find a Vegas sports book, because I know you've got all of them on speed dial on your phone, and if you can get a prop bet for Branson Robinson to go over 55 yards this week, I would probably take it just for entertainment purposes only. I think you're going to see quarterbacks two and three play a lot and how well quarterbacks two and three on the depth chart play against both Stanford and Kent State later this month will kind of firm up who is probably the fixture as the number two quarterback. I think that's Carson Beck right now, but Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vandegrift are certainly chomping at the bit and really, really gaining and really making daily strides every day. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff. You're going to see walk-on wide receivers. You're going to have to scroll down your roster to see. Uh, who's at number 87 making plays? You're going to see Savon Clark also get some more touches. When you see Savon Clark get some more touches, you think that probably would have been Andrew Paul back there. Um, you're going to see Cole Spear. You're going to see a lot of those talented names, uh, especially those guys up and down the defense uh, for Georgia, uh, make their Sanford Stadium debuts, and I think they're going to play a lot more than the first and second teamers probably will. All right, Jeff, good stuff. Thanks for being here on the road. Assisted by AAA. We'll look forward to reading a lot more from you at dognation.com. I'll see you tonight for uh, Jefferson and Oconee County. Fun game on Peachtree TV. And, of course, in Athens tomorrow for the home opener. We'll look forward to talking to you then. Hey, and uh, Brandon, uh, I know you didn't mention her anywhere else in this call. I'm sure you were talking about some other person in your household. But I wanted to wish a happy belated birthday to uh, – to Gina, Mrs. Lady Adams of the Adams household as well. Well, there you go, Jeff. I appreciate that. I'm sure she'll be very happy to uh, to hear that. Uh, thank you very much, Jeff, and we'll uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Take it easy, man. Have a good one. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, good stuff there from Jeff Sintel. We'll see him in Athens tomorrow, tonight on Peachtree TV and streaming at CBS46.com. 
for high school football as Jefferson visits Oconee County. That is going to be a very fun game. By the way, speaking of our friends at CBS 46, meteorologist Ella Doris is going to be a part of our R.S. Andrews cooldown. That's after the show is done. Uh, but obviously here on video, we'll put that on podcast there as well. And she's going to tell us about what might not be a great weather day for dog fans on Saturday. So tune in to Ella here coming up in a couple of moments, and she'll give you more details on all of that. For now, though, we've got to go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of our friends at Royal Caribbean. And I don't know how the weather's going to be in Athens tomorrow, but I know the weather is beautiful in the Caribbean because it's always beautiful, whether you're going to like NASA on the Bahamas, Perfect Day, Coco Cay, or any of the other great ports that Royal Caribbean visits. The weather is always just exactly how you want it to be. At least it seems like that way to me because I enjoy uh, taking all those visits on those Royal Caribbean cruise ships. And my invitation to you is to take some of those visits with us as we go on our second cruise with Dog Nation coming up this spring. And if you check out the website, royaldogs.com, that's royaldogs.com, you can find out about the very special Dog Nation cruise that's going to be taking place in April of 2023. Our friend Jessica Slater helping us book up folks for that. And so many of you have already booked your cabins. You're going to be a part of this, and we're excited about having you. If you want to call Jessica directly, you can do that as well, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. We're on Independence of the Seas with our friends at Royal Caribbean, visiting NASA on the Bahamas, visiting Perfect Day Coco Cay, special events while on board, great savings on this cruise there as well. I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised when you see the price and all the information related to that. But check all of that out on the website, royaldogs.com, and look forward to seeing you for our second ever cruise with Dog Nation coming up this spring and encourage you to take another cruise with our friends at Royal Caribbean prior to all of that there as well. As you know, I've got three Royal Caribbean cruises booked for after the football season, so very excited about that indeed. Also very excited about the slate of action that's on tap for the weekend. Georgia Sanford has some of your attention. These other games will have a lot of your attention there too. And don't forget, for our Dog Nation postgame show on Saturday at the UGA Bookstore, we'll, we'll be following a lot of the other SEC action there as well. Our friends at Royal Caribbean help us do that on Saturdays too. So we'll be following all of these games, including Alabama going to Texas. I don't have to tell you that I don't respect Texas here in this spot. I think Texas is essentially the college ball version of cosplay. Do you know what that is? It's like everything about Texas looks like college football. They've got traditions. They've got recognizable uniforms. They've got, you know, what seems to be a large fan base. But it all just sort of seems pretend to me. It all just sort of seems dressed up like college football, but not actual college football. They're not capable of winning a game like this. I don't believe they're capable of keeping it close. Now, on the Alabama side, here's what I think is interesting. If you looked deeper at their game against Utah State last week, and you probably didn't, but if you did look deeper at Alabama last week, here's what you'd have noticed. The leading rusher on that team last week was quarterback Bryce Young. It was not Jameer Gibbs, the talented running back. So my guess is, is that Alabama looks to probably get Gibbs going in a big way against Texas on Saturday. I don't make much of the fact that he didn't get a ton of rushing guards against Utah State. They didn't need him. But how much do they feature him in this offense against the Longhorns on Saturday? That might be one of the most interesting things. And here's the second part about this. The fact that Alabama last week was as comfortable running Bryce Young as it was, you know, last year, that's not something that that uh, they really wanted Young to do very much. I don't think they felt very good about their backup quarterback situation. If they're willing to run Young in a game that doesn't matter against Utah State, then let's watch to see, does he also run a lot on Saturday there as well? And if he does, that tells you a couple of things. A, and this is me being as objective as I know how to be, then Bryce Young has probably added another element to his game that's going to make him even more dangerous. I don't mind telling you that. And B, 
they may feel actually a little bit better about their backup quarterback, which is Jalen Milrow. They may actually feel a little bit better about him now than they would have last season. Listen, Bryce Young, in a lot of ways, looks a lot like a lot of these other Alabama players do. The best players are always a little bit thin, a little bit frail, a little bit smaller. Bryce Young running around a lot comes with some risk to it because he's a small quarterback. But if they're willing to run him, that must mean they feel okay about what happens if he gets taken out of the game because running quarterbacks who run too much often do get taken out. They may feel okay about Milrow. But while Young is running, he's even more dangerous. And those two things, I would tell you, are your sort of watch points for the game against Texas. How much of Jameer Gibbs do you see? How effective is he? And do they continue to use Bryce Young in the ground game as much as they did uh, this past Saturday? I think Kentucky-Florida is an interesting game. And I've told you before, given where the point spread is, higher than it was if you want to go back to the summer, to me, that's a ridiculous overreaction to a Florida winning against Utah, a game that we expected them to win. And let's also keep in mind that if not for two trips, first in goal situations for Utah where they came away with no points, then who's to say that result against uh, you know Utah last week would have been the same for Florida? There's always a lot of stories inside a game that go to what the ultimate final result ends up being. So we expected Florida to beat Utah. We don't make too much of the fact they did. I have no problem with them being favored over Kentucky, even though in recent years Kentucky's had a lot of success against Florida, and Florida's success as a point spread favorite is actually pretty meager if you want to go back to the start of the 2020 season. They have a you know, overwhelming losing record against the spread as a favorite in those instances. I don't mind them being favored against Kentucky, but I can't take them at kind of what we've seen at this week. Opened at around seven this week was six and a half, then sort of that four and a half, five range. Anything above three points here, I think is just too much. And that for me is an automatic take on Kentucky. Now, you know this about the Wildcats. Injured running back in practice this week, or I should say we found out this week that a running back is injured now for the season. And the expectation here, I believe, is that Chris Rodriguez isn't going to play either. So all of a sudden now, if Kentucky is going to keep this closer than the expert thinks, then the entire thing kind of rests on the shoulders of Will Levis. And all these NFL draft scouts who've told us that Will Levis is going to be taken in the top 10, this is their week to put up or shut up, right? If they're right about Will Levis and all the stuff they've said about him, because Levis has never really had great stats, but supposedly he's the next great quarterback or the next big prospect at the quarterback position with a lot more of the offense on his shoulders, second game for a new OC, by the way, there too. But with a lot of this offense on his shoulders, on the road, you're not a favorite, but this is a winnable game. Uh, Kentucky's beaten Florida plenty in recent years. Given that as the scenario, this ought to be a big game for Will Levis. And if it's not, I don't want to hear another word about him. I really don't. Now, on the Florida side of this, once again, to be as objective as I kind of know how to be, I don't like Florida at this point spread where we've kind of seen it for most of this week, kind of a five-point number or certainly higher than that. It's just literally a joke. But I've also told you this. Given the schedule that Florida plays to start the year, given what we told you about Anthony Richardson a year ago, we were the first people to tell you a year or so ago that Dan Mullen was making a grave mistake by not playing him more. We, we said that there at the time. Given those scenarios, there is a chance that Florida, after two weeks, looks to be one of the, I guess, maybe more interesting stories in the SEC, better than some folks thought they would. I am not closing off my mind to the possibility that Florida impresses on Saturday. Richardson establishes himself as the firm starter here. And Florida become, kind of becomes that team from that group that we said included Auburn and LSU and Texas A&M. The talented teams, that if they find quarterback, they've sort of figured something out. There is a possibility that Florida is that team from that quartet we talked about. But 
I think they're going to get more of a test from Kentucky than some folks seem to think they're going to get right now. Too much of an overreaction to the win against the Utes. So when you bring the point spread into play, I like Kentucky to keep it closer than that. On the flip side, Tennessee going on the road to uh, Pitt. We've seen Tennessee about a touchdown favorite all week long. I actually think Tennessee wins this game by far more than that. Last year, we saw Pitt come to Tennessee and win. Very different situation. You know Pitt, of course, had Kenny Pickett at quarterback right now. I think that Keaton Slovis is a clear downgrade from that. I don't hate Slovis as a quarterback. He's just a downgrade from Kenny Pickett. On the flip side, though, what you might not remember is that when Tennessee lost to Pitt a year ago, its quarterback was Joe Milton. So not only are you downgrading the Pitt quarterback, you've upgraded the Tennessee quarterback because clearly Hendon Hooker is a better quarterback than, Mil- than, than Joe Milton was uh, for the Vols. So you put them in a situation where now they're on the road at Pitt here this week, and obviously the Panthers coming off a rivalry win against West Virginia, but maybe there's an emotional letdown here in this spot for them. I actually think this is a game in which I could see Tennessee winning by 14 or 17 points and also kind of demonstrating a message that for now, they are clearly one of the top 25 teams in the country. I sort of expect Tennessee to have a good showing on the road this week. And then finally, I'll mention South Carolina, Arkansas. I don't have an incredibly strong play on this game or an incredibly strong feeling. Uh, the, the instinct here is to be contrarian because college football is just not that easy to predict. Arkansas had a good week one win against a ranked Cincinnati opponent. George, uh, uh, South Carolina had a little bit of a bad week one win, kind of scuffling at least for a while against non-Power 5 Georgia State. And in the aftermath of that, oh, good team played good game, other team played bad game, let me take the good team playing at home. Y'all, college football is just not that easy to predict. If it was, we'd all be living in mansions. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that at the point spread where it is around eight points it's been eight and a half in some places my bookie has it about eight right now given all of that uh i would keep my eyes here on south carolina maybe keeping it closer than the experts think, and setting up a home game next saturday against georgia where how they play in fayetteville could put some more juice into that stadium so keep that in mind we're watching all these games and on saturday for our dog nation post game show from the uj bookstore you better believe we'll be following them closely, the outcomes, the ongoing games, everything else. And for now, we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And by the way, while I have your attention on point spreads, let me also remind you to check out our friends at MyBookie. You can find them online, mybookie.ag. Any bet, anywhere, anytime, you can place that. And when you sign up with our friends at MyBookie, you're also going to get a big deposit bonus that as well. They're going to give you 100% into your account just for signing up. That means you put in 250 bucks you're actually going to have 500 bucks in your account because they're going to give you a big deposit bonus just for signing up. So this is the time to get involved with MyBookie for the college football season. NFL season's ongoing right now there as well. You want money line, you want props, you want you know spread bets, you want futures bets and who's going to win championships, things like that. It's all there for you with MyBookie. You've got to use the promo code DOGNATION. Though. That's all one word. Spell the way it's supposed to be. D-A-W-G. Use the promo code DOGNATION. Get the big sign-up deposit bonus from uh, our friends at MyBookie. After that, you play, you win, you get paid. It is as simple as that with our friends at MyBookie. But you've got to use the promo code DOGNATION. All right. Now, let's get ready to close out our week the way we always do. And on Fridays... We're feeling good about the weekend. We're also feeling good about the dogs. And we like to do what we can to create some good vibes going into the weekend. One of the ways we do that is with our big finish, courtesy of our friends at the Finish Long Drink here. We'd like to give a shout out to some folks who are enjoying themselves some Finish Long Drink right now. So let me give you a couple of those here right now. And then I'll tell you how you can enjoy the Finish Long Drink yourself. So our first big finish here goes to our buddy Silver Dog. 
who sent me this match. I thought this was really funny. He says, I was disappointed. I'd made a pact with myself that I was going to drink a long drink for every point Oregon scored on Saturday. He says, I knew I wasn't going to get tipsy, but I thought I'd at least get a six pack out of it. Uh, over the course of the game instead uh, our buddy silver dog was stuck only drinking three of those long drinks there on saturday simply because uh, oregon just didn't score enough points to be able to do that that's pretty funny from our friend silver dog there on that and our friend greg hendrix also checking in there as well to say six down six more to go for the dogs 49 three you see the score in the background and he's got the uh, georgia helmet he's got the finished long drink that's the cranberry right next to the dog helmet that's looking really good greg uh, thanks for sharing that with us and glad to see you enjoying some finished long drink there as well and if you want to enjoy some too you can go to the longdrink.com you can do what greg did try the cranberry or the this can that you see right there over my shoulder on video the blue can which means the grapefruit flavor you want the long drink strong that's eight and a half percent alcohol by volume long drink zero that's no carbs no sugar whichever version of the long drink you think you like i believe you probably will so check out the longdrink.com for a lot more on that that is the longdrink.com for a lot more on that all right let's also do this here for a moment on Fridays, one of the things on game weeks, we've kind of gotten into a little bit of a tradition of doing kind of a nice, happy, good vibe-ish way to close out the week. Lots of golden shoes. We sort of call this our Friday shoes dump. A lot of the ones we haven't had a chance to get to throughout the week, we'll kind of put some of those up there. Now, I've actually gotten so many good ones lately that I've got to go into next week on some of these. So if you've sent me a good one, I promise we'll get to it eventually. We're just a little bit behind here right now. But let's create some good vibes going into the weekend here right now. And we'll throw the first one up on the screen. Obviously, we've had some issues with our Apple podcast player this week. Mike McPherson suggesting that maybe there's an Oregon alumnus who's working at Apple that's maybe blocked the Dog Nation Daily podcast. I wouldn't put that past him, Mike. I also am reminded that Tim Cook, the Apple CEO, is an Auburn grad. Maybe this is Auburn subterfuge. Maybe they're trying to get back at us for all the things we said about them over the years, one way or another. It used to be that the lousy, stinking Gators were our biggest rival. I think now Apple may be our biggest rival, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we're soldiering on. So, Mike, that's good stuff. Fantastic Six weighs in. He says, hey, Dog Nation Daily, I'm sure you saw this yesterday. This is hilarious. They've since then deleted the tweet. What Fantastic is showing us here is that um, it's a Sanford player staring at a Georgia player, and the caption says, the bigger they are, dot, dot, dot. We know what that means. The harder they fall. And if you look at the Sanford dude, he's holding something, and it was hard for me to tell what he was holding, so I zoomed in on it clo- more closely. And what you see is it's like an old-school, like David-style uh, a slingshot. So I guess uh, Sanford trying to cast itself as, uh, as David and Georgia as Goliath there on Saturday. I guess they deleted the tweet, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, why not? you know why not come in there playing to win and why not you know stuff like this i i I don't know why they deleted the tweet but i don't see anything there that would lead me to believe it need to be deleted uh but nonetheless i appreciate fantastic six for uh, sharing that with us we'll give him a golden shoe for doing so how about our next one here for a moment john gluck says did you see this ba it's a meme of the oregon team plane and it says oregon's only touchdown through week one it's the plane there landing at uh the airport for the game which is a very funny uh john good stuff and a a really funny meme kind of speaking to the futility that oregon showed there on saturday i also like this and if you're of a certain age you'll get this joke do you ever play oregon trail back when you were in school and one of the things that would commonly happen is you would die with a set of dysentery right and so uh kay hartley shares this with us that's been marked out and instead it says you've died of dog bite that's very funny by uh, Kay Hartley and a uh, very good golden shoe submission there. So we'll give uh, Mr. Hartley a golden shoe for all of that there, too. Is that all of them for today? All right, so good stuff, really good shares. Uh, like I said before, we've got some more good golden shoes that we'll kind of get to uh, next week. We're a little bit behind on those. 
but wanted some good vibes to go into the weekend with. So we appreciate you sharing those as a part of Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger here today. And of course, nobody loves the golden shoe more than our good friend Eddie here on the desk, the mascot of Dog Nation Daily, a big part of our show for a long time. And if you want to be have Eddie in your own life there as well, you can go to dognation.store and get your own Eddie the Blind Squirrel t-shirt. We're really proud of this. A lot of you have already gotten your t-shirt. We're excited about that. And uh, I know a lot of you are looking forward to getting some of those there too. So that is incredible. And we are so happy to have those shirts now available. I know Eddie's proud of those there too. So go to dognation.store or just go to the top of the page of dognation.com and you can see a link for that right there on all of that. Let me tell you who's not happy right now. It's those lousy, stinking Gators. They have very little to celebrate right now. They're hoping like heck they can be Kentucky on Saturday. Imagine being in that position. Either way, it's been 4,992 days since they have won a national championship. And our Gator Hater countdown, we remind them that 52 days from right now, it's all going to happen all over again. We will see you tomorrow, Monday, back here for this show. But in Athens tomorrow, for those of you who are going to be there, it's Dog Nation Daily presented by Croker. We'll talk to you then, everybody. And of the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews Podcast Cooldown. And each week on our podcast Cooldown, we're lucky to be joined by CBS 46 meteorologist Ella Dorsey. She's also part of our pregame coverage on the Kroger kickoff each week, too. And actually, she gave us some good news when she stopped by today. Some of that rain we feared maybe being a washout. Apparently, that's not quite the case. Ella's going to tell you more about that right now as part of our podcast Cooldown presented by R.S. Andrews. So enjoy that. And, of course, big thanks to R.S. Andrews for making it all possible, the one you turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs, including getting that water heater replaced the same day it goes out when you reach out online at rsandrews.com. So we'll see you in Athens tomorrow. Hope you enjoy Ella right now, including maybe a little good news in the weather. Take a listen. You know, here's the thing. Models have been trending drier all week, and I just talked to my crew that's at work. I actually have off today, but... Um, I called them. They sent me all of the data. And I can tell you right now, it does not look like it's going to be a washout okay. whatsoever. So that is the really good news. Of course, it's going to be pretty cloudy, pretty gloomy, pretty misty and damp. But outside of like a few scattered showers for tailgating and then possibly a few scattered showers at the end of the game, it really doesn't look that bad. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because, you know, last Saturday, the original forecast didn't look very good either. And yet, yeah. ultimately, you kind of, I guess, dodged rain. It was nice. Yeah, it ended up being actually really nice. So it sounds like there may be a little bit of a sliver here there on this, too, because the fact of the matter is, is that people can get underneath the tent at a tailgate. They can, you know, cover up when they need to. It's just yeah. the full on washout that sort of ruins everything. People don't mind cloudy skies and people don't mind a little bit of rain, even splashing through the occasional mud puddle. It's the washout right. that sort of ruins the whole day. And you and I were talking about the like the last Georgia game we remember that was a complete yeah. washout. The one that I was at that I remember was the Alabama game. When was it back in 2015? Yeah. yeah. There was a tropical storm that came through and it was just pouring rain the entire game. And it was an awful game to watch, right. first of all. Secondly, it was an awful game to go to. Uh, it is not going to be like that at all. Okay. So the heaviest of the rain will actually be overnight tonight through Saturday morning. If you are in Metro Atlanta, you're just going to be watching the game at home. You're thinking about maybe having some people over. The good news there is it looks even less rainy than East Georgia tomorrow. I would go with like a 30% chance of rain through the day. So So really not bad. Athens, probably more like 50%. 
um, leading up to the game. Certainly, if you're going to be out tailgating early, it's a 4 p.m. kick. So if you're going to be setting up at like 9 or 10, it's going to be pretty misty. If you wait till like 1, noon or 1, it should be a little bit drier. And then, I mean, I do think that there could be a wave of rain. You could see some scattered showers, but it's not going to be a washout whatsoever. So more importantly, I got to ask you this. How did you feel the dogs looked last Saturday against Oregon? Okay, so I was um, I went to the game. I was on the 20 yard line on Oregon's side and they showed up. They had a pretty decent crowd there, more than I was expecting. And they were talking so much smack Is that to right? us. Before the game started, they were like just going at it. And about four minutes into the game, quiet. Yeah. There was nothing. <laughs> I mean, I think that our team impressed all of us. Mm-hmm. How many freshmen? Do we have on our team? How many did we start? So many Plus. young guys getting in for sure. So many young guys. Yeah. And they all looked so tailored and so focused. It was it was really fun to see. And I think it I think it kind of shocked everyone. I was watching Curb uh Herb Street, Curb Curb Street before, and he was talking so much smack about Stetson. Mm-hmm. He was like, he said something, he's like, I mean, that guy, he looks like he should be a kicker. He doesn't really look like a quarterback, you know? His helmet doesn't even fit. And then Stetson just went off through yeah. the game, and I was like, I love that. I, You know what? Keep talking. Keep keep thinking we're the under, underdogs because it's a good place to be. I think that's exactly right. And I think for a lot of Georgia fans, Ella, I think they're more excited now. I mean, obviously, Georgia fans are always excited, but when you see a team come out and make a statement like that, I think all of a sudden all those great moments that Georgia fans experienced last year, all of a sudden you start to say, Hey, why well, could you know why couldn't you do all that over again this year? Could we year? get those again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, our, the rest of our season, you and I were talking about this, Brandon. It doesn't our our schedule is a very weak schedule, which isn't a bad thing, but I think the games that that we're going to need to really focus on, obviously after last week Florida showed that they are a, a team that needs to be um at least respected, sure. you know. Um and Tennessee other than those games, I'm not sure that we have any really difficult games on our schedule. I mean, um, we don't have any like Alabamas. We don't have any Michigans. We don't have any Ohio States. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a weird thing because in a lot of ways it seems like the real season, and I hate to say that because obviously the players and coaches can't say this, but you and I can say this talking to each other. The real season almost doesn't begin now until December, so you want to get somebody healthy, you have the freedom to be able to do that. You want to work on something, yeah. you get the freedom to be able to do that. That The yeah. biggest games that Georgia's going to play from here on out won't take place for another few you know months, really, and so a lot of what this is is about kind of trying to decide exactly what time, what kind of team you want to be as you head towards all that. Well, and I mean, you know, I guess I just was – I went to school. There's my mom's dog walking around in the background. I'm taking care of him this weekend. Go dogs. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I went to school in the Mark Richt era where there was we always were ranked. We always were thought we, it was going to be a great season. And we got all of this talent and then never really quite were able to produce. It was always it always ended up feeling like a letdown, especially, you know, there were some seasons where we had a home opener that we just absolutely poop the bed to be to be completely honest you know what i mean so to see this season where we lost a lot of our defensive starters we lost just a lot of our key players and you know of course georgia was thought they were going to be you know we were we were ranked third right we thought we were going to be good but 
Um, to come out and make such a statement win as the first game just to me shows what Kirby has done for the for UGA and for the program, you know? I do know. And you can go to CBS, you can go to dognation.com right now and see Ella Dorsey's forecast of the game there on Saturday. And Ella, for the folks who want to find you on social media or see every morning on CBS 46, how can they tune yeah. in? How can they get more of the stuff that you're doing throughout the week? So 4.30 to 7 a.m. on CBS 46 and then 9 to 10. I know most people don't wake up before 5 a.m. So if you're a little bit of a later riser, the 9 to 10. Hey, we have a very go-getter audience. We have a lot of, you know, very aggressive sort of, you know, attack the day type people around here. We we probably have more of our folks up at 4.30 a.m. you might imagine. Okay. Or at least, well, or at least 5 or 6 a.m. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun on the show. There's a lot of chemistry between us. We, of course, we cover the hard news, but we, sure. we just – it feels like uh, at least what people say when they watch and I see them out and about, they say, you know, you, you make you guys make me laugh a lot throughout the morning. That's why I wanted to watch. And and that's kind of what we're trying to do. So we have a lot of fun. You should tune in. Check it out. We're launching a brand new studio in a couple weeks um, and it's going to be amazing. That's an awesome thing. Ella, thanks for being here and thanks for uh, providing great weather information for us at DogNation.com there as well. I hope you enjoy the game here this weekend and uh, have a good time. Take care of that dog in the background and we'll uh, we'll, we'll have you back <laughs> here again very soon. Okay. Bye, Brandon. Bye, y'all.